How to Manage Up. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Hello, Rory. Paul, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, my friend. I'm glad you're back to talk about how coaching can not only improve your organization, mm-hmm. not only improve your team, but improve yourself. Absolutely. It can yeah. improve your own life. Let's not forget about that, folks. You're <laughs> can, out there improving everyone else. How about yourself? Exactly. How can you make your life better? Right. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about today managing up. You know, we talk Perfect. about coaching coaching our 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 team how do we coach our our boss how yeah. do we coach up and how do we change our life that way and a lot of the techniques we're talking about today can be used in that regard so i just think it's a great tool to help us uh, manage up this is perfect because everyone that listens to this podcast they're saying to themselves every week gosh i wish my boss would know this stuff <laughs> And you're going to basically show <laughs> them. them. Right. This is how you get your boss to understand this. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's just like changing your children. You don't change it overnight. And uh, so just, you know, it's a process. It's progress. You can just take a little bit at a time and go from there. Now, so. managing up, that's that's um, um, kissing, kissing. <laughs> no, no, right? no, 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 it, is, it is not it doing that. It isn't. It is not doing that. And I wouldn't, I, I don't know anybody who would want to try to kiss up to their boss. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. It really is. And. And it may sound coaching or managing up may sound manipulative, but it's really not. You're trying to, whenever you're trying to build a positive, productive relationship with anyone, you've got to look at it from a perspective of their point of view. Mm-hmm. What is the, you know, what's in it for them? Because even great salespeople, great negotiators, they're always looking at what does that person right. want, and then how can we get to a point where it's a win-win for both of us. And a lot of times, if you look at it from that perspective, you can. Um, one of the great books I've read recently is Never Split the Difference. And it is just absolutely a terrific book on how to negotiate effectively. And it's really, really been good for my career with regards to negotiating with my clients. And I truly, truly, truly highly recommend that book. But really, it's a great tool also with, with, working, with working with your folks. You know, I think you said the key concept and probably in all of this is great salespeople, customer service people, managers themselves, they'll use, they'll try to put themselves in the other person's shoes, but we always seem to forget that when it comes to our boss. We do. And it just, we look at the boss and we don't see that, you know, how do we sell them on a concept or how do we sell them on an idea? How, how do we manage up in that regard? And we're not talking about being manipulative. We're talking about being authentic and true and honest to yourself. But you also want to use some of these tools and techniques and mindsets in order to manage up more effectively. So, you know, the, really the question is, how do you manage up? And, and we just want to talk about some ways to do that. So, so a lot of times, um, well, it's happened to me before, and maybe the people who've worked for me before would testify to this. Your boss is a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so tell all those people who've worked for me in the past how they should have handled me. <laughs> well, you know, number one, uh, your your boss may or may not be a jerk, but it may actually, and I've seen this happen before, where it's actually that employee's perception they're a jerk, mm-hmm. and the boss really isn't trying to be a jerk. To be honest with you, this is a really interesting perspective. I've worked with literally hundreds, if not thousands, of managers across the country that I've had individual coaching sessions with, with and I have never found anybody who had the intent of making someone's life yeah. difficult. Yeah. Everybody's 
every every manager I've worked with, I have never come across any of them yet that had negative intent where they said, I want to make their life miserable. They all had positive intent. And so the question is, we label them as a jerk, but they may not be because we really haven't looked at it from their perspective to mm-hmm. find out what's going on. Now, you know, if, if they're if they're truly making it a hostile work environment, if they say, you know, misogynistic things, if they're doing things like that, then they've crossed the line. But I found that truly, truly, truly to be the rare case, less than maybe two or three percent. So the question is, how do we relabel that boss and find out what's the the, the life, what's their life like uh, from their eyes? And, you know, another. So that's that's really an important key is what do they think? Now, a lot of times um, people will say, well, my just boss just doesn't trust me. Mm hmm. How do we deal with that situation? I think that's a great question. You know, my boss doesn't trust me. But the other side of that coin is if you've got the mindset that they're a jerk, mm-hmm. are you going to come across as trustworthy? Right. And so if we don't come across as trustworthy, if we don't hold the, you know, the, the department secrets or the corporate secrets or things like that, and we let those out, then we're really not going to be, we're not going to be worthwhile to the, to the group or the mm-hmm. team. And so we've got to ask ourselves, are we trustworthy? Are we, are we operating in a way that would be trustworthy? Because if we label them as a jerk first, then we're certainly going to be doing subterfuge or those kinds of things. We've got to really, this is also looking at ourselves. Um, you know, as salespeople, salespeople are really, really self-aware. Yeah. And they step back and say, how can I build this relationship with this client? And that client may, in fact, be a jerk, too. They may be really difficult. They may be making it hard for them to talk to folks. But are we trustworthy in our boss's eye, even though we might see them as jerk? If we would relabel them as not being a jerk, find out what's going on in their life. We find out what's in it for them. And then we step back and say, are we trustworthy or how are we operating in that way since we've had that that process? Then our, our self-evaluation will have us operate in a different mindset or a different belief. I'm reminded of uh, Stephen Covey's. Mm-hmm. The way you build trust is by being trustworthy. Exactly. Showing strong character, strong competency. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people flip that around. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of trust, the only thing the only thing you can do mm-hmm. is try to be more trustworthy yourself. Yeah, and I That's think it. absolutely, if you want to manage your boss and you want to find out, does my boss consider me to be trustworthy, mm-hmm. is walk in and say, hey, had this situation come up, uh, this person asked about this, I know this is a delicate issue, I handled it this way, how would you like me to handle it? Yes. What What would be the way that I would come across as trustworthy in that environment so that we've got a really good relationship? I want us to have the relationship where we work for the positive and the productive good of our entire team, which is the way to do this. Now, if they give you an answer that's completely off the rails and you don't trust them at all or don't believe in them at all, then the question ultimately is, do you want to stay or leave? If you want to stay, you've got to learn how to manage your boss. You've got to learn how to manage up. If you're going to leave, then you just you know get the resume mm-hmm. going and get that ready to go. So probably besides someone's spouse, mm-hmm. people like to complain about their boss a lot. <laughs> is that pretty effective? <laughs> that is absolutely effective. And you know the, the question is, ultimately, if you want to manage up, and if you're whining about your boss to other people and they hear about it, what's that going to do to your credibility? Destroy it. Absolutely. So then ultimately, it's a question of looking at ourselves again. Should we whine about our boss? And, you know, if you want to do that, you know, hire an outside coach. You can do it privately and you keep it confidentially. 
But if your boss, if you want to manage effectively and you whine about your boss and they hear about it, guess what? That destroys your trustworthiness. That destroys the opportunity to have a relationship. So we've got to set that aside. Don't do that. And probably your spouse, too. Don't do that either. Yeah, I mean, just there's no reason for, for <laughs> your your wife to have to go through that or your spouse to go through that is, you know, the uh, you know that that process. So if you're not going to uh, whine about your boss you you can whine <laughs> about other things right around the oh absolutely around, yeah. around the uh the coffee machine i think you should be known as the office complainer no, no question because Perfect. the more that you complain obviously the more you're going to change the organization <laughs> <laughs> you know we're both being flippant there yeah if you you've got to stop complaining about your boss you've also got to stop complaining about other things that are happening in the organization really this is it's it's really your brand is your brand the office complainer or is your brand the office solution provider? That really ultimately is your brand. And so the choices that we make on that, if we complain about our boss all day or we complain about this process our boss is asking to put in place, then we're not being solution focused. And guess what? People who get promoted are people who find solutions and don't find problems. Well, and people take what they do very seriously. So maybe you're not whining about a person particularly, but if you start uh, whining about a process or something that someone put in place, <laughs> you might as well be complaining about them. You right. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Because if they're the ones who are the champion for this cause yeah. and you're complaining about how poorly it's working, yeah. then then that's, you know, that's a bad situation. I was working with some managers and um, this did happen. They had a, an implementation of a process that was just going really south. And they called me because they worked with me and they said, hey, they've got a new implementation of a process and it's really going south. And they go, and they were collectively all complaining about it. And so ultimately what I asked them is, okay, how would you, if you were in the senior level position, how would you want your team to approach you? And they thought about it for a minute and they go, probably not what we're doing right now. Number one, great self-awareness. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I love their honesty, their on their honesty, their authenticity, and their vulnerability. Loved it. And I said, okay, now let's think about what would you want your folks to do and how would you like them to present your the information to you? And then we went through a process where they said, you know, we really want to be included in the process. Then okay. I, I don't think any manager is going to be upset if you go to them and say, Hey, this is being implemented. We weren't part of the process. We'd really like to help you help this to be successful. Can you put us in a position where we can be part of the process to help this being implemented in a way that it that it wins? Because right now we're seeing these kinds of challenges for it. We want it to be successful. So now they manage their boss effectively because guess what? The boss put the brakes on yeah. the implementation, brought them into the equation. They said, this is how we're going to implement it. And guess what? It, it was implemented incredibly smoothly. But here's the key. Those people kept their job and they didn't create, they didn't, you know, because they could have said, they could have labeled, hey, our boss is a jerk. I can't believe they implemented the system this way. They didn't think about this, this, and this, and they didn't include us. And now they're in this problem. They should be in that problem. Well, if you go down that path, you're going to have a negative result. But if you go from the path of saying, you know what, maybe they didn't know about this, or maybe they didn't think about yes. it. And really, it was no bad intent on senior manager's perspective. I also work with them. Their intent was, we had a deadline. We were trying to get this done. Uh, it was an arbitrary deadline that they set for themselves. We we're trying to get it done by this date. We recognized we didn't bring those folks in. We should have brought them in, get their perspective, and go from there. With that mindset, with both of them having a change in mindset, guess what? They had a different change in solution, and their relationships are very positive and productive. What you're saying there is, I think a lot of times as employees, we think, oh, our boss should understand our point of view. 
and we don't do enough to try to understand their point of view. Mm. Right. right. Absolutely. We're not asking what's in it for them. And also recognizing that, guess what? Your boss has got just all kinds. Your boss has just got all kinds of challenges in front of them. And so with those challenges, we've got to really understand, you know, what's what's facing them? What is what what is their perspective? And if we go, what's in it for my boss? You know, the old W.I.I.F.M. But really, mm-hmm. it's what's in it for my boss then if you go with that mindset, you're going to come with a whole different perspective of how to persuade or how to work with them or how to move it in a positive direction. I want to add something. Mm-hmm. I added the Covey thing. I'm going to mm-hmm. start my own podcast, Please. I think, because I've learned so much. <laughs> but, but what I think a lot of times we forget is that uh-huh. boss, your boss has a boss. Right. And they may be a jerk or they right. may have the demands. Right. And although it seems unreasonable, mm-hmm. the request you're getting, they may be getting unreasonable requests. Right. Um, what's the way to try to find out that those pressures that are on your boss? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question what is the pressures your boss are having? And I think this is just absolutely imperative is be respectful of regardless how you look at a viewpoint. Uh, the people that we truly admire in life are people who are respectful yes. regardless. Uh, I think John McCain's legacy is remarkable. Uh-huh. And the reason his his legacy is remarkable, because he was always a gentleman. Right. You may have disagreed with him. You may have disliked what he said, but he was always a gentleman. And so he goes down in history. His legacy is being respectful. Our question is, what legacy do you want to leave in your organization? Certainly, there may be challenges and there may be difficulties. But just like when I was talking about those other managers in the example earlier that they were implementing the process, they were really hot. They were really angry. They were really upset. Yeah. First thing I had to do is, you know, talk them off that ledge. Okay. You had to let them, you know, vent for about 20 minutes so they could get, get the anger out. And then we had to talk about, okay, what's a process that would work. And so they'd really learned how to manage up, but they had to be respectful regardless of the scenario that was there. Uh, everyone has their own style as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you think people are, or your boss is a jerk because of the style doesn't match with yours. Right. Um, wh- how do you try to find out um, the differences? I think that's a great question there is most managers are either task focused or people focused. And so really just sit down with them and have the conversation. You know, there's nothing wrong with, hey, I want to move up in management. You've arrived, you're here, and you may or may not like their style, but you can certainly learn from them regardless. Uh, I love Sam Walton's book when he talked about that he wrote uh, prior to his death about how he built Walmart. And he uh, he took one of his senior VPs into a store that was filing bankruptcy, and they were closing the doors. And the VP said, you know, Sam, why are we going to the store? And he goes, well, they've been in business up to this point. They had to do some things that were good. I want to go in and see those things that they were good and see if I can mirror match or model any of those things. He says, I realize they're going out of business, but before they go, I want to see if I can learn something from them. And I think that's an important, wow. yeah, it's a whole different, who would have thought about going into a store that was bankrupt to see what are some things that they were doing well? Right. You know, right. what What did they do well? What could? So he was always, always, always learning how to do that. The question we have to ask ourselves is how can we continue to be learning all the time with our management style? We may learn two things from our man, you know managers. We may learn great things that they do. We may learn, by golly, I'm never going to do that. That's a great lesson, too. 
If your boss is bankrupt and going out of business, well, find out what they're doing and say, I'm, when I'm in a leadership role, I'm not going to do that. And I just think that's an important key, too, is not only how do we manage up, but how do we learn from what they're doing on a constant and consistent basis? So I had uh, just this week mm-hmm. a friend tell me about interaction she had with her boss. Okay. Actually, her boss's boss. Okay. He said to her, hey, I'm sorry if I'm not spending a lot of time with you. Mm-hmm. You're empowered and you're doing a great job. I'm sorry I'm not. Right. I'm, I'm putting out fire someplace else. Right. Seems as though that person's doing a pretty good job of making their job, their boss's job easier. Right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And their boss has really given them a compliment. Thank you for not also being another fire. Right. You know, I can go out and work on these things because I know you're trustworthy. You're a good employee. You're doing these things and you're doing what I'm asking you to do. Thank God you're here. But a lot of times the boss's job is hard. Mm-hmm. And trying to make it easier for him may be an idea. Right. And she was making her boss look better because she was doing her job effectively. And so when she comes in and, and needs a favor or things like that, she can say, hey, I'm making your job easier. Hey, could I have this? Or I've had a family issue. Can I go and, and see you know uh, an aunt or an uncle mm-hmm. who's been ill? But I think those are important keys. So I, I love that concept. He said, you know, thank I'm sorry I haven't been able to spend a lot of time with you. But that is ultimately a question, too, with managers is, Really cultivate those high-end performers because you're going to get more out of the mm-hmm. high-end performers you're ever going to get at trying to mm-hmm. take a, a poor performer and trying to make them better. So you're doing a good job mm-hmm. and you're making it easier for them, but you also want to let them know what's going on. What, what are some ideas to keep them in the loop? Yeah, the last thing that any of us wants in a leadership role is surprises. Yeah. So if we truly want to manage our our manager more effectively, we've certainly got to make sure that we keep them in the loop. If there's something they need to be aware of, we need to make sure that we do that in an honest and sincere way. So that's so, so important. And uh, I'm, I'm just thinking of another concept. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, got me, you got me fired <laughs> up. I, I, I love got, it. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and peek back behind the curtain a little bit. Okay. Rory brought me donuts this morning, <laughs> and boy, oh boy, that's a great thing to do. Right. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but it's just it's just my way of hey, I appreciate well, we're working on this together. Just something I can show thanks. Right. Say thanks. And a lot of times, I mean, you've talked about many times show appreciation for mm-hmm. the people, your team members, but bosses don't get appreciation; they get the complaints. Right. Look how much influence you would have if you would go to your boss and say. I saw how you handled this team meeting, and I just thought the way that you, the three questions you asked in that team meeting was absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. And well done. Keep it up. Good job. I bet your boss would go, wow. Right. You know, how many times have they gotten compliments from employees? Or if you feel like you're not uh, having your voice heard when you are, go to them. Thank you for including me in that decision. Or thank you for including me in that process. Or, yes, thanks for sending me on that email. I didn't know that. Uh, but but also make it sincere. The last yes, thing that's true. The last thing you want is to be to have your brand as the corporate suck up. Mm-hmm. You want to be the person who's sincere, honest, vulnerable, authentic. That's the brand that you want because then people can relate to you in a positive way. But there's nothing wrong with showing truly, truly, truly honest, sincere appreciation. Now those those days of I've been here twenty years, so I get promoted. <laughs> Seem to be over. <laughs> they seem to be over, and they should be over. We why, really, should, why should they be over? I mean, say that. I mean, no, that's a, that's that. an important question. Is 
How many times have you worked in an organization and they promote the next person in line simply because they've been there the longest, but they clearly do not have yeah. the skill set to take the responsibilities of that role going forward? Yeah, and I don't think it happens as much anymore. And and I hope not. Yeah, but because of the failures of it. But a lot mm-hmm. of people feel entitled. I've been here. I've done this. Right. And they think I by... Just by sitting here for 20 years, I should get uh, good appreciation from my boss. Right. I'll give you an example. This week, I was just working with somebody. I was helping them coach, and they had had their annual review. Uh, they wanted to be promoted. They wanted to go up to a, you know, they have certain steps in their job titles, mm-hmm. and they wanted to go from a level one to a level two. Uh, I think there's three steps in their job title. And so, obviously, it would be a promotion, it would be a raise, it would be more money, all of that kind of stuff. And they truly went in with a mindset of kind of being entitled. I've done this, 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 and this. And then when they got pushback from their boss, they were like, oh, they literally froze in the discussion. And so they came to me and they said, you know, hey, they just, they said, I needed to do this or I needed to do that. And they said, when they said that to me, I just froze and the conversation kind of stopped. Mm. Now, here's the key. That's where coaching comes in. So let's say they are telling you that you've got to show, um, you got to show more ability to outbound call, okay? Mm -hmm. And they say that. That's pretty broad concept. Uh So this person was meeting their their numbers on the number of outbound calls per week. So they were thinking in their head, well, I'm making my outbound calls, but there was certainly something that was happening from. Are you making the outbound calls, but are you actually getting enough business from those outbound calls to to satisfy the boss? Mm -hmm. So the question is, when somebody asks you that, if there's anything I want people to learn from this podcast is when you're in a spot and you don't know, listen, say, if all else fails, tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Write that down. Absolutely. Write that down. Tell Tell me me more about that. Right. If they push back, if your boss push back, tell me more about that. Clarify that for me. And then you can always use, and this is out of uh, Michael Bungay Sayers book, uh, the coaching habit. And he has the A W E technique. And this is, and what else? Ah, so then you say, tell me about that, and then they tell you about it, and then you can say, and what else, mm. and what else, and what else, because then you're going to drill down to the data that you need to truly understand it, and then you can ask them the question, okay, I didn't meet this matrix here, how can I meet this matrix going forward so that I can be your letter ready for that next mm-hmm. step in the process? So just to put it all together, you talk so much about moving the thought bubble over to your teammate or to right. the person that you're coaching. Right. It's the exact same technique, isn't right. it? Right. Absolutely. But it's putting the thought bubble of your boss's head on how to promote your yes. career. Right. What do they want you to do in order to be more successful? And I do this all the time with my clients. You know, some some consultants go, well, by God, I've got a process. Well, I do too. But the other side of the coin is too, if they want the, I'm a painter. If they want the wall pink, we're going pink, okay? Mm. If they want it blue, we're going blue. If they want it, you know, a, a lighter green, we're going green. I don't care what the color is. I want to find out what color they want. Right. What color do you want? How do you want to put it on there? Do you want a high sheen, low gloss, whatever whatever you want? We're going to do that. But the question is, I've got to ask a number of questions to find out what they want. All, when all else fails, always listen, ask questions, yeah. tell me more. And what else? Mm-hmm. Those are great ways to manage your boss more effectively because until you know what your boss really wants, you can't yeah. deliver it. And manage your team. Right. <laughs> it's the exact same technique. Right. It's the, <laughs> these tools work up 
and down. And this is a great way to manage your boss. Um, what else? Uh, and that's a great that's a great yeah. example right there. And what else? Yeah. <laughs> and, and what else? What, what else about our boss? The other thing is to be solution-focused and not problem-focused. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to be is the person who's the complainer. And we've talked about that a little bit easier earlier. But be the solution provider. You want to be labeled as the person, the go-to person. Now, I'm not a big fan of Roger Stone, but when, when Trump was running for president in 2016 and he was in trouble, he would say, get me Roger Stone. He didn't ask for anybody else. Roger Stone had such a mantra in his mindset that he's the guy that would help get him a solution. Yeah. Okay, you want to be the person where they say, go get me Paul. Yeah. When things go south, I want that person. What brand do you want to have in the organization? Do you want to be the first, the fourth or fifth call on that number? Or do you want to be so well respected by your boss and manage that relation so effectively that when a problem occurs, they say, go get me, Paul. Yeah. Go get me you. Because they, because you produce solutions. Right. You, you, you produce solutions and that is a great way to manage your boss. So. I love that. I always want to be the consultant that they say, number one, go get me Rory. Yeah. When things are bad, and I had a number of years ago, probably about three or four years ago, I had a CEO call me and she goes, hey, I know you've helped turn organizations around. We're in trouble. Can you do that? One of the greatest compliments of my lifetime, you know, because she called me. And then, and guess what? They did what I asked them to do. They turned it around. The business is doing very, very well. Um, Loan growth was three times the national average after working for three years. They really, really improved. So if you use these techniques, you can make a huge impact in your organization. I had a boss early in my career who um, gave me a um, boat, a hat that you wear on a boat. So a captain boat or yeah. captain hat? And I'm like, what's this for? And she said, because you're make it happen, captain. Oh. So that was, I'll never forget that. And it right. was a great compliment. Right. And then after, I bet you still have the hat. I don't, I don't know if I still have that, but, <laughs> but I'll never forget that. And then right. subsequently when things would happen and she would come to me, I'd be like, you betcha. I'm going to get this I'm done. I'm going to get this done because she's shown that much faith in me and mm-hmm. that compliment. That's right. That's just a great way to look about it. So I, I, I love that process right here, which really brings up another important key is you got to toot your own horn. And both of us did that right there. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. We talked about the successes we had in the organization, but you listening to this podcast today, I want you to toot your own horn. Now, don't be the office braggart, but certainly when you go in for your review, prior to your review, there's nothing wrong to go in and say, here are seven or eight things I've worked on this Mm -hmm. year that I've wanted to accomplish that I've achieved. I hope they're the goals that you wanted me to work on, and I've hit this boom, boom, boom. Or if you didn't hit one, what happened? And and the way you said that is how to do it. Here's seven or eight things, not just I did a good job. You right. have to really do your homework to identify how it impacted the business and the boss. Right. Right. When I teach people about giving compliments, short, sweet, soon, sincere, and specific, the same thing for writing up your analysis of your year prior to your annual review. Make it short. Make it sweet. What did you do well? Short, sweet, soon, make it right soon before the the evaluation is done. Short, sweet, soon, sincere, make it sincere. Don't blow, you know, don't blow it out of proportion. Yeah. But make it short, sweet, soon, sincere, and specific. What do you specifically do? If you follow those five keys, and so you know your annual review is coming up, is there anything wrong with you doing a pre-review of yourself ahead of time and giving that to your boss, and all of a sudden that that data changes their perception? Another great way to manage your boss. So that they're aware of all the great things that you're doing and uh, you're 
you're just doing a, a great job with the organization and let them know. It's a great way to toot your horn. So the all these techniques that we have mm-hmm. to that you've you've gone through several of them mm-hmm. to uh, have your boss. We need to just do that with our boss now. We don't need to worry about our team anymore. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to manage both. <laughs> I do both. Okay. Okay. I wished it was that easy. If we just managed our boss and we could let our team go, we'd be successful. But you've got to manage both your boss and uh, you've got to manage your boss and your team. There's no question about it. Okay. And I think there's one other key about managing your boss that's okay. really effective, and that is asking for honest feedback. Gotcha. Just like the young man that I talked about earlier that wanted to be promoted and, and got the annual review and wasn't promoted, um, when the boss pushed back, he froze and he didn't know what to do. That's when you say, and what else? Tell me more about that. If you can if you can always respond about, tell me more about that and what else, and not get defensive and not mm-hmm. go, oh my God, they might, they yeah, guess what? They may tell you something painful, but that painful thing is keeping you from your vision of yourself going forward. If you fix that, you may in fact get to that place. And that's a great question to ask them too. If I fix this, Will I be eligible to go to level two as soon as I fix it? And then that's all, a great question. Yeah, and then you know, and then what other barriers will keep me from that? And then what are the constraints that you have? And are there limits to how many people you can promote on an annual basis? And where do I yes. on that? On that, you know, because they may have constraints right. that they wanted to promote you, but they couldn't. And then so where am I on that bell curve? Am I one of the top performers? I'm one of the average performers. I'm one of the poor performers. Where am I at on that bell curve? And how do I get to that next level? That's a great way to manage your boss because now you get information that makes you more effective and you can make an impact in your life, your organization, and your career. Yeah. So ask. So if people wanted to ask you additional questions. And they do. <laughs> and and. Get some honest feedback from you. Sure. How do they get a hold of you? Well, I don't know if they'll get honest feedback, but they will certainly get uh, compelling questions to make them self-analyze their situation. It's even better. Yeah. I will will rarely tell anybody they're doing something wrong. What I want to do is create awareness responsibilities. They do that. But that is a great question. They want to get a hold of me. There's two ways to do that. You can go to RoryRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. The other one is Coaching Manager University. It's CoachingManager.University. You can do that. You can get it. And that also, the great thing I like about Coaching Manager University is it is a tool we've put together, 52 modules, so people can learn to coach more effectively. And you also can hear all the podcasts from CoachingManager.University. So it's it's all there, lined up, ready to go. That's excellent. And you can listen to them. You can binge them. You can binge listen yeah. to all the podcasts. And we're up to, I think, now this is 94. Is that right? I believe so, yeah. I think this is 94 today, and so uh, we've got to start thinking about how do we celebrate uh, you know, 100 podcasts uh, going up probably uh, be next month. So we've got to learn how do we how do we celebrate that? What do we do going forward? So I think that's a, a great way to— We'll do to, it in uh, New York Rangers style, I bet. <laughs> I bet we would do it in New York <laughs> Rangers style. We would certainly do that. But with that, I just want to say thanks for having me on today, Paul. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time, everybody. You bet. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.